What's up, you guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another episode of 20-something Trials. I'm your host, Gabby, and like always, so freaking pumped to have you here with me today. Guys, this episode is a good one. Um, Of course, I am biased, but I think you're really going to like this one. It's all about manifestation and what the heck that means and how we do it and everything else in between. And now I have to be honest with you, I was skeptical. I was super skeptical because, you know, it's kind of one of those woo-woo words, you know, it's buzzy, um, it's trendy. And, you know, if we don't take the time to do our research or understand it, it's very easy to just write it off. But I was so grateful to have Chris and Jenna come on the podcast to break down what manifestation is, why she saw results, what she did to get the results, and now how she is helping other people manifest their wildest, wildest dreams. And her story is one that, man, she's resilient. That's all I can say. She's She was living the life that she never wanted, I think is the best way to put it. And she transformed it through manifestation to this big, beautiful life that she is so proud of and that she now spends helping other people achieve everything that they want to, which let's be real, is absolutely amazing. Um, But before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to chat with you, catch you up on some things going on in my world and just connect a little bit more. So some really exciting things that you guys know have happened is that we officially launched the 20-something trials website. So that is live. Um, It's in the show notes. You can access it on my Instagram, which is just at 20-something trials. Um, and sign up for our newsletter. Our first newsletter went out today. So I would love, love, love to have you as part of that. The other thing, because this podcast is called 20-something trials, um, I need to tell you about something that happened on Tuesday. So as you guys know, I'm a teacher, okay? So one of the things that I need to do as a teacher is take um, my exam. So long story short, like I had to go take what's called my praxis. Um, it's the first of two that I need to take. My test was at nine. I got up early. I left the house an hour before I needed to get there. I'm listening to Brene Brown podcast on my way in, feeling very zen, okay? It's 8.30. I pull in. I walk up to um, the testing center to then be told that they don't know who I am and why I'm here. And I was like, what? So I pull out my like admissions ticket. You guys, I went to the wrong freaking place the wrong testing center and I got so lucky because the place I actually needed to be was only 20 minutes so I still ended up making my test barely on time I was like two minutes late which thankfully the people there were great they understood they felt bad for me I think but I made it I took the test I am was totally brain dead Especially just the morning was so emotional. But I have to say, like two years ago, me would have freaked the F out. I mean, I would have lost it. But I was like, okay, I still have time to make it. So I don't know if it's the Prozac or if it was just me like genuinely being a calmer, healthier version of myself. But oh my gosh, I was like, I was in disbelief that I had done that. And the best part of that is like the week leading up, 
I was super calm. Now, if you went to high school with me um, or you knew me in college, like I am not a calm person when it comes to academics. And this is something I would totally put in, you know, the line of academics. It's a test. And I was always the most nervous kid. I was an anxious test taker. I remember when I first sat down and take my SAT, I shook for the first like 15 minutes. I was so calm. Like it's bizarre to me, like the change um, that has happened in my life. Again, could it be the Prozac? I don't know. I don't really care, but I definitely prefer this version of myself compared to the super nervous um, test taker that I was. But you guys, I was like, oh my God, this is a joke. But we got it done. I took the test three hours later. Oh my God. I, it made me feel so bad for my kids. And if you guys are still in school, I feel for you. My heart is with you. It's brutal. So I'll let you guys know how I do. I will not get the results back for a little bit because there's the writing portion of it. But oh my God, it was ridiculous. But anyway, so those are the fun trial updates going on in my world right now. I definitely just wanted to share that story with you because I felt like it fit the brand oh too well. Um, But you know what? I am so excited for you to hear this episode. And I want you guys to really be in a position that you are open to something new, um, that you are, you know, willing to learn something that you might not totally agree with, or you might not totally be familiar with. And I think that's where some of the greatest moments of our growth comes from. So please enter this podcast with an open mind, be willing to learn about some things that you might be skeptical of. I was, and I am totally on board with what she's doing now. So I would love, love, love to introduce you to my new friend, Kristen Jenna. I'm Kristen Jenna. I'm a manifestation coach and I basically help people to learn to manifest their lives by their own design, right? Design and create their life exactly as they want it to be. And a lot of what I do is teaching around abundance, how to heal your relationship with money and attract more of it. And also how to heal your own subconscious limiting beliefs that are most likely blocking you from attracting that life of abundance. So that's, that's mainly what I do. And, you know, in the past year of my life, I have basically manifested my life completely by my own design. My entire vision board, you know, manifested in a few months, which is why I started to teach this to other people. Cause I was like, if this works in my life, it's got to work the same for everyone else. And so that's why I started doing what I do. And you know, now it's my whole life. <laughs> my whole life is teaching people how to manifest. Which is so awesome because off um, before her and I started chatting, Kristen is only 26. So I think it's also really cool to get a 20-something's perspective on building a new career. Because as you shared with me and as we'll get into, you tried a handful of things and you were like, mm-hmm. I hate all of this. <laughs> and eventually landed on something that stuck and that you've been able to grow into a, a pretty kick-ass business. So I'm really excited to dive into it. And you guys have two teachers with you today. So that means that it's, it's, we're going to go deep. We're going to go through a lot. We're going to go deep. We're going to go deep. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) So take me back. Let's start with college. So take me into your college years where you're probably first faced with this idea of what do I want to be when I grow up? What comes next? Right. So ever since I was, you know, my youngest memories, like five, six years old, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And I was always, you know, making my sister, I have two younger sisters. I was always making them be my students and like teaching them at home. And uh, I was obsessed with thinking I wanted to be a teacher my entire life. And I went to college and 
my school didn't have an education uh, major, but I minored in it, majored in sociology and did all my student teaching and then went on to grad school to get my credential. And uh, yeah, I was still 100% thought I wanted to be a teacher. And then when I started student teaching in grad school, I was starting to get unsure, but I was kind of confused because I was like, I just spent, you know, at that point, you know, 23 years of my life Mm -hmm. thinking this was my purpose and my passion. And I just spent, you know, six and a half years and a lot of money on getting this credential and this education. And, you know, I just felt too much pressure to go back on that decision, even though I knew right away it wasn't, it wasn't my passion. I felt kind of cornered into it. Like I had cornered myself into it. And, um, so I ended up getting a teaching job. I actually moved to Costa Rica and taught in an elementary school there. And, um, that was when I was like, you know, I can't do this for the rest of my life. It just, it just wasn't for me. And I realized that I grew up thinking I wanted to teach and I just thought that it had to be in a classroom. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is what I'm doing is I'm still a teacher. I'm just not teaching in a classroom anymore. And I'm teaching what I want to teach, which is what I had a problem with is I realized I didn't want to teach kids math and history. I wanted to teach them how to change their lives. I wanted to teach them how to handle their emotions. I wanted to teach them, uh, you know, how to become successful adults. And I wasn't able to do that. And so, um, I ended up leaving teaching behind and it was a really difficult decision because obviously I spent all my college years studying to do that. (laughs) I want to talk through that a little bit because I had a similar experience with, you know, I had spent all this time building up towards this career that I thought I was going to go into pivoted very last minute and went into teaching. So, you know, I think my story is a little bit different. Most teachers' stories are similar to yours, where they knew this is what they wanted, they go into it, and they love it. But then you have the off chance where, you know, you spend all this money, all this time, freaking move to Costa Rica, and you're like, no. So I want to dive a little bit into that moment where you're like, this is not, this is not for me anymore. Right. So, you know, I, I basically knew right away when I started student teaching that it wasn't for me, but I was too terrified to leave it behind. So obviously I finished the program and I got a teaching job and it just kind of got to the point where I was dreading the work. I was dreading going to work and I would fall asleep, dreading waking up in the morning and I was resenting it. And I love working with kids and I love teaching. So the fact that I was resenting doing this, you know, was telling me a lot about I'm not, maybe I meant to teach, but this isn't the way. And I just kind of decided like, I can't live the rest of my life like this. I can't live the next 50 years of my life or however many years dreading every single day, waking up and going to work. And I always knew that, you know, I, I always, I've always had this like feeling that, you know, life is meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be blissful and incredible and amazing. And of course it comes with struggles as it should, but the dominant feeling should be fulfillment and bliss. And it wasn't. And I was determined to figure out how to find that in my life. And so it just kind of was like, you know, no matter what happens, I'm okay with, whatever happens. If I quit and I fall flat on my face and nothing else works out to me, what works out for me, I can always come back to it. But at the off chance that there's something better out there for me that will make me feel the way I want to feel, I have, I have to try to go find it. And so that was kind of my mindset going into quitting and leaving all of that behind and like closing that chapter in my life, which was very, very scary. (laughs) 
So do you move back home or do you stay in Costa Rica for a little bit longer? I stayed in Costa Rica. Um, I, after that teaching job, I stayed and then I tried at network, tried my hand at network, network marketing. So I started, I joined like an online business. I was selling, um, like health supplements and doing health coaching and I made some money at that enough to survive in Costa Rica. You know, you don't need a lot of money. I think at most, I never made more than a thousand a month, typically like five, 600 even. And I was just surviving off of that for like a year, year and a half living in Costa Rica. And I went and lived in Mexico for a while. I traveled Asia all while surviving off of my five, 600 a month, you know, that I was making from network marketing. And I was really forcing it in network marketing. I was like, this is it. (laughs) This is my purpose. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to make a lot of money. And I did everything that I was told to do, but I, I never could make that success happen. I didn't really understand why. And looking back, I get it now. First of all, if I had been successful at network marketing, I would have never, I would never be doing what I'm doing. And this is my true purpose and passion. And I'm helping so many people, people this way. If I had been successful then, I would never be where I am now. And, you know, so that was one of the reasons. And at the same time, I didn't understand the basics of, you know, manifestation and energy. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, but I was doing everything wrong. And um, so, you know, I was doing that for a while. Then eventually I was just like, burnout. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep working this hard to make $500 a month. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's nothing, right? Like you yeah. can't really survive off of that here. at least, Right. And know? I was like, I'm living in tropical paradises and this is great, but that's not enough. Yeah. Right. Like I need, I need that deeper level of fulfillment and I can't live my whole life making $500 a month and living in Mexico. <laughs> Right. Though it sounds nice because you were able to make it happen. I'm sure yeah. there was a part of you that was like, this is temporary. Exactly. The, you know, this has to end at some point. So exactly. what comes next for you? So at that point I was burnt out and I was like, I can't keep doing this. There was a lot of pressure coming at me from my parents who were like, you know, Kristen, you got a college degree and you're making $500 a month, like living on the beach somewhere, you know, hardly making ends meet. And there was a lot of pressure and it was very difficult for me because I did not want to get a corporate job. I didn't, you know, from a very young age, I always said a desk job is not for me. I will never work a nine to five, but I got so much pressure that I finally caved. And I was at the point where I was like, maybe there are no other options for me. I truly am not going back to teaching and network marketing. Like blogging isn't working for me either. Maybe I just have to get the nine to five job. So I moved to Colorado and I got a nine to five desk job and, um, you know, it made me so freaking miserable. I literally hated my life going to that job, but looking back, it was exactly what I needed because that was the final straw that lit that like fire under my butt or whatever it was that I needed to finally like do what I'm doing now and have the motivation to do the scary things that I, that I was too scared of doing before, like starting the podcast or sharing things on Instagram that were scary for me to share. Right. I used to only share food posts and like recipes, but I really wanted to talk about spirituality, but I was scared of being judged. And so, you know, being so miserable in my job kind of gave me that motivation to like what I call, you know, come out of the spiritual closet and start sharing authentically what I really wanted to share. And that was the beginning of what became my now business. (laughs) You know, it's really interesting because you said, I, you know, something along the lines of like, I I had to stop being afraid to do like the scary things. But as I'm listening to just the path that you've taken, 
you moved to Costa Rica, you traveled Asia, then you moved to Colorado. Like to me, you did a lot of things that would have scared people. And maybe it's this, this thing that is like innately in you that you just continue to unlock. But to me, it's like, oh my gosh, of course you did this thing that scared the crap out of you because everything that you've said has scared me so far. So. I mean, I think, I mean, you're right. And those things were scary for me. Like it definitely was scary moving to Costa Rica. It was scary moving to Mexico. Like I've taken a lot of risks in my life and I think that's helped me get to where I am. I've like built that, that muscle. Like it truly is a muscle being able to move through your fear. It's like something you need to build up. Like it, it takes practice. And so I built it up over a very long period of time. And so at that point I've gotten so used to the fear of taking a a risk, a leap of faith into the unknown and moving to random places without knowing what was coming for me. And I'd built that trust in, you know, after doing it so many times, knowing that I'm always supported and things work out no matter what. But what I hadn't had any practice in doing was being authentic Mm -hmm. and sharing my truth and truly being myself. And I still had a huge fear of being judged, not being liked, not being accepted. Um, You know, I just didn't have that really strong sense of self-worth. So for me at that point, it was terrifying to start a podcast and and talk about manifestation or spirituality. That was when I first started my podcast, I remember turning my phone off and throwing it across the room because I didn't want to see what people were saying. Yeah. Even though it was all good things, I wasn't expecting it to be. And I was terrified of posting on Instagram about anything that I really wanted to post about because it didn't feel safe for me to share my true feelings. So it's just a totally different kind of fear. And it was a different muscle um, that I had to build. And I wasn't used to that. And, um, so it was really scary for me, you know, it had become easy to just pick up and run away from my problems and move to a tropical paradise. But when I was actually faced with dealing with my problems and not moving across the world, like that for me was much scarier. A hundred percent, because now it's like, I have to face it head on. And what I do now is important. The decisions I make now matter. So you're in your corporate job. And I, I feel like we hear this echoed so so often. It's like, I hate what I'm doing. I hate, I hate this. And you're absolutely right. Like that is just not a life that anybody wants to live. Um, so what was that turning point again for you where you're you're you kind of are at like the very last bit of being able to, I don't know, maybe take whatever comes from your job, like what leads you into manifestation? Where do things really shift for you again? So I started studying manifestation, seriously studying it, like taking it seriously, probably around, um, you know, December or so. So I quit my job in May one year ago. And so in the December before that, I started seriously studying manifestation and taking it very seriously, waking up at 5 a.m., 4.45 a.m. every single morning to meditate and study manifestation before going to my nine to five. And I literally gave up all of my social life just for this reason. And, you know, even at that point when I was doing this, I, I didn't know what it was that I was going to do. I knew I wasn't happy in my job, but I, there was never a point where I said, you know what, I'm going to be a manifestation coach. Mm -hmm. I was just studying it because I was obsessed with it and I loved it. And I was like, this is it. This is going to change my life. I don't know how, but like, I couldn't stay away from it. And there was never a time where I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. It happened really organically, which is what I always tell people now. Like you got to do what you love and everything else will follow. (laughs) A hundred percent. Now, how were you introduced to manifestation? So 
you know, I don't know. It yeah. just started showing up everywhere. You know, it's, I had, I had become introduced to the topic years before, right. When I was living in Costa Rica and I remember trying to manifest in Costa Rica and it just not working. And I was like, this is, this is bullshit. This is woo woo nonsense. Like I'm done with it. Cause it didn't work. I did the like vision board. I did the journaling. I did the visualizing and nothing showed up. And so I was kind of like done with it. And then, you know, flash forward a couple of years when I was really in a desperate place. And I was like, let me give this another shot. And I started actually studying it instead of just doing what the YouTube videos told you or doing what, you know, the documentary, the secret told you, cause that's what originally got me into it. And when I really deep dove into the science and everything behind manifestation, I understood that I had been doing it wrong. So when I started to do it right, things started to actually shift in my life slowly, but surely. And that gave me more confidence to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and keep doing it, keep studying it. And then my life started changing very, very, very quickly. And, um, that kind of led me to the most transformative year of my entire life, which has been the last 12, 13 months. Now you said you were doing manifestation wrong. How do you do manifestation wrong? So I guess I, I should word it differently because you can't technically do it wrong, right? Manifestation is like gravity, law of attraction, manifestation. It's universal law. It never stops working. It, it doesn't go away. It's always happening. The thing is, you know, the vision boards and the popular ways of manifesting, they do work, but only to the extent that you've done all of the other inner work right? And so you have to be an energetic match to what you want. And if you are the, the vision boards, the journaling, like it will work. Like I still use those techniques. So I wasn't really doing it wrong. I was only, I was just half doing it. Okay. Right? Like I wasn't, I wasn't doing the real deep inner work. You know, for example, you know, when we manifest, we can't out manifest our beliefs like universal law, your beliefs are always manifesting into your reality. However, 90 to 95% of those beliefs are highly subconscious, right? So for example, let's say you want to manifest $10,000, $10,000 a month income, like I wanted to, but I had this belief system where, you know, from growing up, I had these subconscious beliefs that money is hard to come by. I have to work really hard for it. I'm not worthy of a lot of it. If I have a lot of money, I'm going to be judged. You know, I'm not a good person. Um, rich people are greedy, like the list. And so I had all these beliefs around money, but at the same time, I wanted to manifest more of it, but it was contradictory, right? You can't manifest $10,000 if you don't have a belief system in alignment with that $10,000. So no matter how long I was journaling and scripting and imagining and vision boarding, my inner world was not in alignment with what I wanted, you know? So I thought that, oh, this is just woo nonsense that doesn't work, but I wasn't fully doing it all the way, right? So learning to consciously manifest is so much more than just making a vision board. It means actually diving deep into your internal world, into your subconscious and conscious beliefs, your thought patterns, your emotions, and clearing out whatever is not in total alignment with what you want to attract. And that is the work that most people aren't willing to do because it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Like it gets really uncomfortable. It can be really triggering and it can be really difficult. And that's why most people think manifestation doesn't work. And also why everyone is not walking around living the life of their dreams. <laughs> you know, as soon as you were talking about money, one of the things that came to my mind is like this inner work that you have to do in order to be successful at manifestation. It seems like a lot of it is 
like you have to break a lot of beliefs that were maybe ingrained in you from childhood. Mm -hmm. And that could be, like you said, like that could be very triggering. That could be a really scary thing because you have to face all these things that have kind of wired you. And and it's like you go in and you're trying to rewire it. And, you know, the thing that you said about money, I remember reading a book and she said, we all have a relationship about money and it's hysterical. Like I treat money the way my mom does. My mom was always like very frugal growing up. She knew the budget, like back of her hand. She always paid attention to it. My dad is the spender. And I can see like my relationship with money. A lot of it was kind of um, like instilled through her and it might not be a good thing. It might not be a bad thing, but I have that relationship with money as a result of what I saw growing up. Totally. And that's every single person. Most of our beliefs are set into our subconscious mind before the age of seven, right? Before seven, our minds are in this like theta, like hypnosis, like stage. And, you know, almost all of our belief systems are built before then. So the rest of our lives, if we never learn to move through this, which I wish this was taught in school, uh, this is what I want to, this is why I stopped teaching because this is what I want everyone to learn is, is that, yeah, most of your beliefs are built before, before seven, even before five, it starts as young as like when you're literally a baby, you know, before you even know how to speak, your, your mind is still being programmed, you know, because your subconscious mind stores everything away. We aren't consciously aware of everything we experience because our mind filters. So we basically, our mind filters our reality and it only allows us to become consciously aware of things that match our already held belief system, right? So we continue to experience the reality and at the same time attract things into our reality, which prove our already held beliefs, right? That famous phrase, like when I see it, I'll believe it. That's not how it works. When you believe it, you'll see it, right? And something as small in your childhood as, you know, let's say you come home from school as a five-year-old and you're like, mom, look, like I got to be on my test. I'm so excited. And your mom's like, good job, honey. Like we'll work harder and get you an A next time, you know? And something as small as that, that's the beginning of, oh wait, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough as I am. And it doesn't have to be big trauma. It can be, but things as small as that, our subconscious mind picks up and we create stories about it in our mind, right? That event was actually neutral, but our mind creates this story of, I'm not good enough. That gets stored in our subconscious. We become adults. We still have these beliefs on a subconscious level and we try to do amazing things with our lives, but these beliefs are literally holding us down until we realize they're there and begin to work through them. And this is what manifestation is, you know, manifest mastering manifestation is less learning how to manifest and more unlearning everything else that is blocking you from manifesting what you want. And that's the hard work. That's why right. it doesn't. It is hard and I'm quoting work. This, right. That's why yeah. it doesn't work for people is because mm-hmm. you're not asking them to write down like the 10 things they want most. You're asking them to go in and really look inward. And right. that's, that's freaking hard. That is not it's easy. Scary. It's scary. Like you got to feel the, you know, you got to feel the feelings you've repressed. You got to look at the beliefs that aren't that fun to look at. And it creates a lot of cognitive dissonance because basically your entire life has been proving to you to think your belief system. Most people feel very strongly that their beliefs are the ultimate truth. Like, no, this is true. Right. For example, you know, all men are cheaters, right? Mm -hmm. This is a big one for a lot of women. All men are pigs. All men are cheaters. Like, look at my, look at my life every single man has cheated on me. There's literal proof in my reality of my belief. Therefore it is justified, you know, but when we look at it through the lens of manifestation, you know, the belief didn't come 
didn't, didn't come second. It didn't come as a result of your reality. Your reality was created as a result of your belief, right? Your reality is the reflection of beliefs that you already hold, most likely beliefs that started when you were very, very young that you were unaware of, right? And so now it's attracting this reality. You didn't realize that you already had the belief. And then we justify our beliefs by saying, look at my reality, it's proof, right? And therefore we hold ourselves in the hamster wheel of life and never get out of our, the same patterns that we attract whether it's in relationships or in money or in career or in any area of life. And so it can be difficult to leave that loop because you have to be willing to face the cognitive dissonance and you have to be willing to understand that what you think you believe is the truth may not necessarily be the ultimate truth. Um, and that can right. be very difficult and, and triggering for people. There's like so many things I like, I have so many questions and there are so many things I want to talk about because I find this so interesting and it, it honestly completely makes sense why this is not something like, like why you, for example, were like, oh, this is totally a woo woo like type of thing. Right. It's, it's not legit, but it makes sense why people have that mindset. And it, it also makes sense why somebody like you who, you know, fast forward a little bit has had success with manifestation, like why you are so passionate about it because it's changing your system of beliefs and it's, you know, even inviting somebody to do that work is daunting. So yeah, I guess, and I don't know if this is too broad, but one question I would have is like, where is the best place to start for somebody who maybe somebody's listening to this for the first time and this is the first, you know, first time they've really heard somebody dive into what manifestation is. So what are the beginner steps for somebody who's brand new to this? Right. So we went really deep, really fast. And I, I know. guess let me like rewind and give like a general example of what manifestation means. Uh, because, you know, if you are a beginner and you're really new to this, like all of this deep inner work and rewiring the beliefs, like this is really important if you want to manifest big things in your life right? If you want to manifest more money and you want to manifest the perfect career and you want to manifest your dream life, which is so possible. But I always recommend if this is new to you, don't worry about all of that yet. Just start with manifesting something really small that you don't have resistance around. For example, like a cup of coffee or an apple or $5, because we have to rewire these beliefs because many of us don't feel worthy of $10,000, but most of us feel worthy of a cup of coffee right? Like our subconscious mind is not going to argue or feel contradictory towards that. So you can just start small because you want to first build your belief that this is even possible for you, right? Because if you're listening to this and you're still like, this seems crazy and woo woo, like you need to show your subconscious mind that this is real and you can do it. So I always recommend just starting really small to start to build your confidence in manifestation. And to give an example of, first of all, a basic definition of what manifestation is, and then I'll give a little process that beginners can use to manifest your small thing, whatever it is. So manifestation really just means that, you know, you're attracting into your reality what you put out, right? So your reality is responding to you and your energy and your thoughts and your beliefs. And most of us, you know, our imagination is our biggest manifestation tool. Most of us have been taught. So it's learned. We learned how to do this. We've been taught to use our imagination the wrong way. We're imagining worst case scenarios. We're imagining what could go wrong. We're fretting about being late. And what we're doing is we're literally manifesting what we don't want by focusing on it. So manifestation and easy, like three step process is one setting the intention to feeling the feelings as if what you want is already here and three, letting it go. So let's say I want to manifest, uh, you know, 
$5. What I would do is first I would set the intention of manifesting $5. Number two, I would call in the feeling. So I want to ask myself, how would I feel if I found $5 on the ground right now? Or if someone handed me $5, or if I checked my Venmo and I had $5, you know, Venmo to me, what would those feelings be? Like, how can I call in those feelings now and express gratitude as if it's already mine? So my favorite way to do this when I'm manifesting something small is I'll write a little thank you note to the universe. And I'll say like, dear universe, thank you so much for the $5 bill. Like, I'm so excited. It came so unexpectedly. Like, I'm so grateful for it. And then I'll, step three is letting it go. I'll go hide that note in my drawer in like my underwear drawer or something where I won't look at it. And I just let it go. And I spend the rest of my day focusing on having joy and having fun. And um, that is basically the process of manifestation is being really clear on intention, feeling the feelings as if it's already here, right? We're using our imagination to call in what we desire. We're imagining the best case scenario and feeling as if it's here and then we're letting it go. And it seems really easy to do um, when you're manifesting $5 but doing that for, you know, a million dollars or doing that for your dream house is a lot more complex because calling in those feelings and believing it's already yours, you know, not doubting that it's yours, feeling worthy of it, you know, is a lot more difficult for the bigger things. And that's why it requires this, this really deep inner work. So I do Rachel Hollis's, um, she has the start today brand. And one of the things that she has, it's called the start today journal. And I've shared this a lot on Instagram. If anybody has listened to more than two episodes of this podcast, they know I'm like her virtual best friend, but she does, she doesn't know I exist, but I always joke like one day, one day we will talk and hug. Um, but one of the practices is very similar to what you said of you write down these 10 big audacious dreams as if they've already happened. So for example, I could say I lecture at a college or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so part of what she's asking you to do is very similar to what you said of like, try to envision that it's already happened. Mm -hmm. But the one piece that I really like that you bring into this is I want you to try to feel it, right? Try to like really, really see it. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I'm going to give you an example. And this is one of mine. So I grew up by the beach. I went to school by the beach. I absolutely love being by the water. Um, teacher to teacher. That's a hard thing to do. Right. So one of the things that I have been manifest, I guess, I guess I can say I have been manifesting it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, you know, I've been writing down in this journal for, you know, a few months now is I own a beachside property. Um, so talk me through, I have it written down, talk me through maybe what comes next. Right. So for something that big, you have a beachside property, like you've already, you've already said it right there. You said, teacher to teacher, like this is hard to do. That's a limiting belief, right? This is learned. So if you think of a child who says, I'm going to live by the beach, they don't make a list of all the reasons why it's not possible or it can't happen. They don't think of how it's not rational or not logical. They're just like, I'm so excited to live by the beach. Like they tell everyone, like all the kids that want to be astronauts, like they're dressing up like an astronaut. They're telling everyone they're going to go to the moon. And it's learned. Once again, we learn this as we grow up in society to be logical and be rational and look at all the reasons why it's not possible. And this is coming from this place of, you know, I'm not capable. I'm not good enough. Like who am I to want this or have this and here are all the reasons why I can't do it. So then we have to dive into these beliefs that you have some conscious, some not conscious, some not conscious. Um, that are under the surface that are letting you know why you can't make this happen. Because the thing about the universe is there are no limitations to what you can attract into your life. 
And, you know, limitations do not exist. The universe does not create limitations, but as humans, we have free will. And so any limitation in your reality that you experience has started first in your mind, right? So as long as you create the limitation, because I'm a teacher, I am unlikely to have a beachside property that's going to become real in your reality, right? So we want to change that story. So we want to say, okay, like, would you be okay with that belief manifesting into your reality? Like, do you want that to be a reality? I'm guessing no. No. Right? Like, of course not. It's so funny. I can't believe, like, I can't, I don't know. It's like, I, as soon as I told you something that I wanted, you were like, yeah, but you just said, this is why you can't have it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And this is so common. This is literally built into most of us. If you grew up in this society, which most of us did, this has been literally conditioned into us, into our subconscious. It's a habit. We don't think about it. It is subconscious, but automatically when we say we want something big, it's very common to vocalize why it's unlikely because once again, it comes from this internal feeling of I'm not totally worthy of this. So let me kind of like dim it down a little bit by explaining why you probably can't have it, right? They're probably judging me for having this big, crazy belief. So I need to tell them that I understand it's too big and crazy and not rational Mm -hmm. by explaining that I know that I can't probably make it happen. And that's the way that our brain kind of rationalizes us having this big belief that we don't feel worthy of. And So this is why doing this work is so important and raising these levels of self-worth and working through any limitations we're creating around this. And so we need to break down, you know, why do you believe because you're a teacher that you can't have this property? We need to break down all of the layers of that and then build a new belief, right? Build that new belief that you desire to believe, which might be that I am worthy, deserving, and capable of a beachside property. And, you know, you intended to happen and therefore it is already yours and you don't need to know how it's coming. You don't need to know when it's coming. Just know that it is. And, um, and so that's kind of where that process would start is, you know, diving into all of those beliefs that are under the surface. And now is this, is this something like you offer as a manifestation coach is the opportunity to sit one-on-one with somebody like this? So I don't usually do one-on-ones. I used to, but I have a 10 week Academy that walks everyone through this process. And I've actually found that the Academy creates incredible results in a way that even one-on-one coaching, which is sometimes necessary for like complex or like really deep situations. But what I found is that in one-on-one coaching or one-on-one interaction, it's very biased because you're only going to tell me what you're consciously aware of. I can sit here and say like, all right, like tell me your fears around manifesting this house. And you'll tell me what you're consciously aware of. Um, but I can't, I can't help you with things that, that you don't bring up. Right. I can help you get into some, some parts of the subconscious, but when you go through a program, you're going to work through things that you would never think to even bring up. Right. And it kind of like gets rid of the biases because you have to work through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in one-on-one I'll ask someone something and they'll be like, Oh no, that's, I don't have that belief. I don't have that thought. But when you're going through the, something that takes you through step by step and you literally can't avoid it, you have to complete it. Yeah. You're going to go through things that you have literally blocks up against because people put up these walls of like, nope, it's not a problem. Not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I found that um, it almost be more powerful to put people and empower them to do this work themselves instead of depending on, on someone else to break through for them. It's so much more empowering. Um, So that's kind of the reason why I I do it the way I do, but um, yeah, it is something I help people with. Um, and it's very, very, very powerful to do this work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can even 
tell just from the way that you talk about this, like this is obviously something that means so, so much to you. And if it didn't, there's a good chance that you wouldn't have had the success that you have had through it, which is absolutely right. incredible. Um, so I, I want to keep going with this idea. And then I really want to dive into your academy and talk about the services that you offer and, you know, keep giving these resources to our listeners. So, okay. Like if I were doing your academy and, you know, we'll stick with the same concept of the house and I would have recognized that, okay, my limiting belief is the idea that I am a teacher because of, you know, the standards, the the educational standards in America of, you know, working in a public school, you know, that is my, my limiting belief, right? That there's no way because of the system that's been put in place. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where would we go from there? Yeah. So what, what comes next is that I'm going to stop talking. You tell me. (laughs) I mean, there's so many, there's so many layers to this because even that, that you just said is revealing more, more beliefs that are limiting to you. For example, I'm assuming from what you said that a belief you may hold on a conscious or subconscious level is that the only way for you to make money is through your teaching job. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way for you to manifest a beachside property is through you paying it through the money you receive through your teaching job. So you're putting yourself in this, like this bubble of the only way for me to get this beachside property is for me to save money through my teaching job. And because I will never be paid more money because of the system in my teaching job, it's impossible for me, for me to manifest this property. And you're creating all of these limitations, right? First of all, you're creating the limitation that you can never make more money because of a system. You're creating the limitation that the only way to make money is through your job. You're creating a limitation that the only way to get the property is to pay for it from the money that comes through your job, right? These are just three limitations off the bat just by that, that one sentence you said, you know, so we have to go through all of these layers and start to break down why these are not true. Okay. Right. And some of this work is also going to where the basis of a lot of these beliefs came from. And we do a lot of inner child healing where when you get to the basis of a lot of these beliefs, a lot of them, if we kept going, kept going, kept going, they're going to come down to like, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. And so when we go back to where do these beliefs start in childhood and what we really need to do is, you know, when these situations happen in childhood, for example, the one I shared with the test, which is a very, um, you know, small example, a lot of people have a lot of bigger trauma than that. But when we go back to where this belief started, what we need to do is basically show your subconscious mind that the situation was neutral. The situation didn't actually mean you're not good enough, right? That was the story that your brain created around the situation. So we need to go back and change the story that we created around that original situation, Mm -hmm. right? So we need to actually rewire where that belief came from and why it's there and, and give that situation a new meaning, right? So that is really important work because what a lot of people do is they try to build new belief systems when they haven't worked through the old ones because it's really painful sometimes to go back to these scenarios that we don't want to relive Mm -hmm. and we don't want to look at them. And it means we need to feel those emotions, which can be very uncomfortable for a lot of people, but this is the work. This is what creates that transformation. So it goes so much deeper than just your beliefs around the teaching job and whatever it is, we have to get really deep, go back and do that really deep inner child healing and belief rewiring. And then also at the same time, do that conscious work through the limiting beliefs around the specific home or whatever it is, and then start to build that new belief system, right? We're going to create the new beliefs that you would feel excited and happy to believe 
right? Beliefs that you would be so stoked if those beliefs manifested into your reality every single day for the next year, right? We're going to create those new beliefs and then start to wire those in, right? We're going to start showing up as if those beliefs were true. We're going to start repeating those beliefs to ourselves when our old ones come up. Like we're going to start to rewire these patterns in our brain so that eventually the dominant pattern is I'm capable of this. I am worthy of this. This is already mine. Um, and what we're doing is basically getting back to where we were in childhood, right? We're unlearning everything we've learned over the past 20, 30, 40 years, um, and getting back to the place where we're just that excited kid who's like, I'm so stoked to have that house on the beach. I'm so stoked to be an astronaut. Like, I just can't wait. And we no longer have the laundry list of reasons in our head telling us why we can't have it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that phrase, your inner child healing is such a beautiful one because it's true. You know, I, have been babysitting these two absolutely adorable little girls and one of the girls is five. And if you ask her, you know, what, like the simple, what do you want to be when you grow up? She's like, I'm going to be an astronaut, a teacher and like all of this stuff. And you're right. There's never a, but grad school is expensive. You know what I mean? Like a a five-year-old would never say that. And I think, you know, to some extent it's okay to be logical, but that logic also can't prevent you from Mm-hmm. Doing you the can't let logic you. rule your life. Exactly. Because when you look at logic and what logic actually means, so what does it mean to make a logical decision, right? Because logic is also learned and in the way we make like logical decisions, right? Like I need like grad school's expensive. Like that is a logical, rational way to look at making a decision. Mm-hmm. But when we want to look at our logical mind, things that feel logical to us are options that feel safe. So basically when we make a decision, you know, our, I think of our subconscious mind is this file cabinet of everything we've ever experienced. Much of that we don't have conscious awareness of, right? Cause our brain filters what we what we consciously perceive, but everything we've ever experienced conscious or not is in that little file cabinet. When we want to make a decision, right? You can think of like, almost like your mind is like this person and they're going to go over to that file cabinet of your subconscious and sift through it and see if we have any proof of this experience working for us in the past mm-hmm. or any proof of making a choice like this in the past. And if we do have proof and it worked out well for us, it's going to be like, all right, great. This is logical. Go for it. Move forward. If there's no proof of it and we're like, this is risky. We've never done this before. We don't have proof. Anything like this has worked out. We're going to say, no, this is unsafe. This is scary. And we're going to basically our brain's going to say it's not rational. Um, it's not logical. Mm -hmm. And so when we're constantly making decisions that feel rational or logical, uh, we're basically making decisions from the same place that we made decisions from in the past, right? We're using the same belief system, the same thought patterns, the same energy to make decisions. And if we're always making decisions from the same place we made decisions from in the past, we can't expect to manifest anything new. We can expect to manifest the same kind of patterns over and over and over. And this is what holds a lot of people once again trapped because we're stuck on always making logical, rational decisions, which means we stay in the hamster wheel. But this is what we've learned to do. And what is really difficult and really scary is making decisions that don't seem logical or rational, but feel right, right? You have that gut instinct, that intuition telling us what actually feels good and feels right. And even though it's terrifying and you don't know what's going to come next, that's where the magic is. That's where the real manifestations happen every single moment in my life. And I look back and I'm like, yep, that's one of the moments in my whole life changed. Those are the moments when I was so terrified, um, had no idea if things were going to work out right. Everyone in my life is telling me this is a bad decision, but I took the leap anyway. Right. Those are the moments that changed my life. And, um, once again, very uncomfortable, very scary, very transformational. 
And I think it's important to sit with that idea that you didn't have this transformation, you know, because everything felt great and you were so supported and, you know, the finances were there to catch you if you fell. Like you might have been in the very opposite. And like you said, there wasn't much support. You know, I was scared out of my mind, but like you still did it anyway. Right. And that has what has led you to your current reality. And I think that's so important for people to realize, especially because a lot of the times through social media, we get the end result or we get the good stuff. We don't see that moment of terror when you decide to leave your job and you jump into this new role. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't see those moments where the transformation happens. We just see Mm -hmm. the results. And I think that's another thing that it's important to be vulnerable about, right? Is like, it doesn't happen overnight. And a lot of time it comes out of this place of being absolutely terrified with no idea Mm -hmm. of how it's going to work out. So, so terrified. And you know, the thing is like feeling ready is a myth. Everyone's waiting to feel ready. They're waiting to feel confident. They're waiting for the finances. They're waiting for it to be the right time. And that doesn't exist. It just does not exist. Feeling ready is a complete myth that holds so many people back. You are never going to feel ready ever. And that's kind of the conclusion I came to a year ago. And the first time I really took a real leap of faith was when I quit my corporate job. I had made $300 that month in my new manifestation business, $300, and had no proof that this would become what it has now become. But I was at the point where I just, my gut instinct said, Kristen, it's time, like quit the job. And I knew I was supposed to. So I quit. And I just had that deep trust in that, like, I'm so guided and supported by the universe and things are going to work out in my favor no matter what. And even if worst case scenario, I end up homeless on the streets and family and friends won't support me. Like, (laughs) all right, great. It's still happening for me. That means that maybe that experience is going to be the topic of my best selling, like New York times, number one book next year. That's going to help millions of lives. And that was okay with me. But I just knew that, you know, things are going to happen for me no matter what it looks like. And I just have to leap and I've continued to take those leaps and it's scary every single time. It never gets easier. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, well, first I want to thank you for being so willing to share those moments of fear and be so open with the fact that like, this wasn't an easy path. This wasn't what Mm -hmm. you thought you had always done. But, you know, I think the one commonality that we see a lot, especially as teachers is you love teaching. You love that part of it. The content can change, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it a little bit more enjoyable. And it seems like that's what it was in your case too, but it wasn't like you were like, I love teaching. Here's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? There were, yeah. it was a few years leading you up until this point, which I also oh, yeah. think is so important to talk about as well as this didn't happen because you just had this idea, you know? Oh, totally. And I look back and I'm like, you know, when I was in those few years, I was so frustrating and I just felt like I was failing over and over. But I look back now and I'm like, oh, I see why all of that happened Mm -hmm. because I could not do what I'm doing now if I had all of those experiences. Every single one of them taught me something that I needed to know to be where I am now. And when I was in the moment, like when you're in the moment, you never truly know it. You know, you never truly know why it's happening. But I look back now and like every single one of those struggles, no matter how awful, truly awful Mm -hmm. they felt in the moment, it was all worth it. Yeah. And so now when I have those moments, which I do, we're human, we all do. When I have the moments of like, why is this happening to me? What's going on? Like, why is this challenge appearing? I can now tell myself from this understanding that I know that right now, even though I can't see how it's happening for me, it is. 
mm-hmm. because I can look back and see the proof that all those failures were happening for me. So I can now see that even though I can't see why, I know that in two weeks, in two months, in two years, in 20 years, I'm going to look back and be so thankful for this, <laughs> this struggle or this challenge. And that's kind of what has helped me to stay kind of like in the right, in the right mindset um, throughout, throughout this whole journey. Because, you know, as you said, of course, it has not been easy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I want to go back a little bit because, you know, I, I love that we have just like totally jumped in with this, <laughs> but I want to talk about this past year. Cause you said it's, it's been about a year since you left your job. It's been 13 months now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's go back 13 months. You get that gut feeling where you're, where, you know, it's time to quit. Talk mm-hmm. me through those next steps. Mm, so scary. So when I actually put in my two weeks, um, I got like deathly ill for like five days, like the sickest I've ever been in my life. And I swear I was like releasing all of this negativity and fear and anxiety that I've been building up and got really sick. And then, you know, two weeks passed, my job was done. And I was like, well, shit, you know, this got really real. I better really work on this business. And, um, so that was in May and I started to get serious about, about my business. And, you know, in June, I, I manifested my first 10 K month, right. From making $300 a month before to $10,000 next month. And I truly believe it was because of my like intense faith that I had and my belief that this is going to work out for me, even though I didn't know how, and I didn't have like really a backup plan or a second option. And and I kind of like burned the boats and just quit the job and just had that faith. And it was terrifying, but it all worked out right. I ended up creating my academy at the end of May and I started, I launched it in June and started selling it. And it kind of took off because, you know, people started seeing really amazing results. And um, from that point forward, you know, it continued to take off and to grow and my income continued to grow. And I started to travel the world and do all the things on my vision board and, yeah, it was incredible, but it just started with that initial really terrifying yeah. couple of weeks. Can we just say 300 to a $10,000 month? Congratulations. Like that is <laughs> truly phenomenal and you should be so proud of that. Thank you. But yeah. I mean, a small it's, thing. Yeah. It was incredible. It's one of those moments where it's like, this doesn't feel like real life. Like yeah. it was like magical. It feels I've had so many of my moments in the past year that just feel magical. Like, how is this happening? Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at where I am now, like to give you some perspective, a year ago, I was sharing a bedroom in a tiny apartment in downtown Denver because I, I couldn't afford to pay full rent. No privacy. We had two beds in this tiny bedroom. It was and three of us in this tiny apartment. And I'm like trudging through the snow to work every day to a job that made me miserable, you know, living paycheck to paycheck putting all of my money into studying manifestation and taking courses. And I had no extra money to now where, where now I am regularly manifesting my yearly corporate salary in a month, mm-hmm. you know, one year later. And so this is just what I want people to understand is that no matter how big and scary and crazy and not logical and not rational your dreams are, you know, they're a lot closer than you think a lot, a lot, a lot closer. Because if you had told me a year ago where I would be now, I would have laughed. I would have scoffed and been like, yeah, "Yeah, right. That is impossible. Like that's a joke. Mm -hmm. And you know, you just need to be willing to take the next step and the next step and the next step and let go of how you think things need to play out and let go of what logical and rational 
growth would look like and just let the universe lead the way because things can get really magical if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of this is what, you know, has kind of gone into your academy. So share, share some information about your academy. Yeah. So basically it's 10 weeks long because obviously this work does not happen overnight. And you know, this work really is a lifelong process. So basically I teach you all the tools you need to continue to be your own healer and to continue to have these up levels. So we go through, you know, my manifestation process and then you're guided through the process of everything we've talked about, how to uncover the subconscious limiting beliefs, how to actually rewire them and do the really deep inner child healing and how to create the new belief system and how to embody that in your life, like how to actually call in everything as, as a way of living, right? The way I teach manifestation is not like, okay, this is a process that you do for 10 minutes every morning. It's like, no, this is a way you live your life, right? It's a full on identity shift, right? You're going to learn to embody the energy of the life you desire to attract so that attracting that life is the natural byproduct of your way of living. You know, it's a lifestyle because manifestation is never turned off. It's always happening. Um, so that's kind of like an overview of, of what it looks like. And we have three weeks focused solely on money and oh, wow. healing our relationship with money and diving into the subconscious money story and learning to manifest money because, you know, money is, is a, it's a dirty word for a lot of people. For me, it was growing up. It's like, you don't talk about it. Um, and so we talk a lot about it. <laughs> good. Um, good. Yeah. And so that's a big, a big part of the academy, because obviously if you want your dream life in this world, money is important. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, more money, the more money you make, the more impact you can make and the more freedom you can have. So it's really important for us to actually talk about money, even though it can be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So that's kind of an overview of what, of what the experience looks like. Nice. Yeah. And so this is all online. Somebody can go in and, um, download it and then the, the 10 weeks is at their disposal. Right. So it's, it's all online. You get lifetime access to all of the content. It's like video content. It's you've got journals. I've created guided meditations. I've recorded to get straight nice. into your subconscious mind. Right. So you've got some really powerful inner child ones that'll bring you back and help you to actually uncover some of the blocks that you don't have conscious awareness of. So the other half of this is support. So all of that's pre-recorded for you. You get lifetime access to it. I also have a private Facebook community where I support everyone in the academy and I do weekly live streams to answer everyone's questions and everyone in there is like, you know, supporting each other. It's like a family, you know, everyone shares their wins and their struggles. And so you get all of the support from me in there to answer any questions and to kind of guide you. Um, so yeah, that's kind of generally what it looks like. And it's been, it's been, really, really incredible. I have a lot of women who will take the Academy back to back over and over and over wow. and just like manifest more and more and more things as they continue to have up levels. So it's really beautiful to see. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So- it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I feel really lucky that this is what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should be, you're, you're in this really cool, unique position to just help people achieve the best version of themselves you know, and I think the Mm -hmm. best part about it too, is that it came from somebody who was so like, who felt stuck, who's known what it feels like Mm -hmm. to not understand your purpose and to want more, you know? So it's not like you just came out of the woodwork and was like, I don't know, try this thing. You know, you have (laughs) your own backing and experience that has transformed your life. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, in the past year alone, like looking back, I've spent more than $70,000 investing in coaches and programs and experts and all of the things, you know, to learn all of this and to get coaching myself. And so that's why I've created this so that people don't need to spend $70,000 or years of their life, you know, trying to learn all of this. Like I wanted to create a shortcut for everyone because I was like, everyone deserves to feel how I feel. Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves to have this kind of growth because every single person is capable and worthy of it. And I've seen people do it over and over and over. Um, you know, but I don't want everyone to have to go through the struggles that I went through to figure all of this out. Yeah. And, um, that's why I created what I created to give people kind of like a shortcut. Yeah. So one of the segments we have is called truth and trial. And so my question to you is since starting your manifestation career, what has been the biggest trial that you've experienced? Ooh, um, that is hard because there have been so many. Um, I think the biggest one for me was realizing that, you know, when I first started making a lot of money, I thought it was going to feel amazing. I thought it was going to solve all my problems. But what I realized is that I felt exactly the same. Mm-hmm. When my bank account changed, it didn't change the way I felt. I didn't feel safer. I didn't feel more secure. And, you know, that's a myth. One of the biggest myths is that when you have a lot of money, you're suddenly going to feel better and your life is going to be perfect. And the truth is that that feeling of security and safety comes from the inside, right? That is self-created and that is what attracts all the outward abundance. And so um, that was one of my biggest lessons that I had to overcome is realizing that I was depending on, you know, manifesting the money and all the things to make me feel good about my life when in reality, you know, that that's an inside job. And so you know, that is something that I had to learn the hard way. And then I had to go through all of that inner work to uncover all of the blocks that I was ignoring um, and just focusing on the outward things instead. And so um, I think that was one of my biggest lessons that now I'm able to hopefully help other people learn before they have to experience it mm-hmm. in reality is that money is not the end all be all. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing to have more of it, but it's not going to solve all your problems. <laughs> yes. And I think that's kind of a theme of everything that you've said is like, Everything on the outside cannot be great unless everything on the inside is healed and whole. And that's where the actual work gets done. Exactly. It all starts in here, right? Because everything out here is a reflection of everything in here. Yeah. Uh, You know, it all starts with the internal work. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen, where can people find you? Uh, The best way to find me would be on Instagram. I'm at Pursuit of Bliss with an underscore after it. I have a podcast and a YouTube that are also called Pursuit of Bliss. And, um, I have a Facebook group, which is called manifesting abundance. It's my public Facebook group where I, um, sometimes do free trainings and stuff in there. And, um, obviously I have my Academy and I also do weekly free manifestation trainings. They're online. They're usually about hour, hour and a half. I answer everyone's questions. I do a really in-depth training on some of the topics that we talked about today, you know, rewiring your mind and all of that. So I can, I can give you the link for that to put in the show notes because that's a really great resource for people who are, who are starting their manifestation journeys and want to get more serious about it. Yes, that would be awesome. So everything that she has just listed will be in the show notes. Kristen, I can't tell you how awesome it was to talk to you. I was super excited because like I shared with you before we started recording, I do not know much about manifestation. I always heard it as like this cool buzzy word and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll get into this. (laughs) But so it's been super just like enlightening and inspiring to hear your experience, to hear the business you've built, to hear just your definitions and like the education that you've done with all of this. And so I hope you guys have also experienced that same 
feeling. And I definitely want to look into your academy and everything else that has to do with you. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. That was so much fun. I feel like we went so deep and we covered so many topics. So yeah, I hope that this really did resonate with everyone. And you know, if you're listening, you know, feel free to reach out. I always respond to my DMs. I love hearing from you guys. So I would love to hear from you if this did resonate, if you have any questions and yeah, I'm just so honored that you had me here. So thank you. Thank you. And guys have a fantastic rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Bye.